podcast i'm michael kidwell and i'm austin kidwell and we are so glad you're here to join us um if you listen to our last podcast we talked a lot on moses and it was moses part one so here is moses part two the legacy of moses part two Awesome, yeah, I'm super excited about what we're able to do now, uh, talking about specific Bible characters and their legacy and how we can relate it to legacies that we may want to leave and the legacy that we could possibly leave, uh, learning from the example of uh, these Bible characters here. So I, we encourage you to go back and listen to last week's podcast right. because yeah, we, we just do. don't have enough time to uh go back over everything that we talked right, about. Right. So we're gonna dive right back into what uh where we left off. Yeah. Talking about Moses' story and talking about his legacy just a little bit more. Yeah, so we were um when we left off we were talking about um God coming to Moses in the burning bush. Where is where we left off last episode. And so if you have a Bible we're going to be in Exodus, and we're going to flip through chapters in Exodus, but we're going to start in Exodus 3. Um, in Exodus 3 is whenever um, Moses meets with the burning bush, and so um, in verse 2, it says, There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over there and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And so this is whenever he starts explaining to Moses, I'm calling you to go and free my people. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, and you're going to release my people from slavery, and you're going to lead them to the promised land. Yeah. And so in verse 14, or before this, Moses is like, who? in verse 11, um, Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be there with you, and this is the sign to you. That I, that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What am I to tell them? Then Moses said, er, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Yeah. And so uh, talking about, you know, some of the th points we talked about last week about um, seasons in our lives and how um, as our family, uh, we have a, each in individually, we're all going through quite a bit of 
change in seasons. Right. And uh, Moses <clears throat> was going through some different seasons. I mean, we talked about, you know, a big portion of his life quite quickly. But in that story, we can see such a change in seasons um, that was going on um, in that time that he that he was what through what he was going through from being born uh and have his mother having to um save him right being raised in the uh pharaoh's you know mm-hmm. family um growing up as royalty then being cast away um and, and now being part of uh a godly group of people. It's it's pretty amazing to see the different seasons that has happened through Moses's life, and now we're about to see another season where now we see an important part of Moses's legacy, right. and an important part of what it should be for our legacies too as Christians is you know we're gonna go through seasons of change mm-hmm. throughout our lives. And even in the times where we feel close to God, which at this point, uh, Moses had was close to God. He was in that a good godly tribe mm-hmm. that was out there. Um, but now it's a different season. God is sending him on the mission. Right. He's sending him out. Um, and it's not just a small task either. He's sending mm-hmm. him to free all of the Israelites, all of God's people. And so... It's pretty awesome to see the seasons that have, are changing in Moses's life to be able to relate that to our lives. You know, um, mom and dad, they have a big change in season going coming right, up. You know, right. we're recording this uh, on Sunday. Dad's up. Mom and dad are up in Knox City where uh-huh. their new home churches and they were able to share God's word to those amazing people up there. And so right. they're going through a season of change. Um, they're about to be fully committed and move up there for the last time. The last July 30th, last Sunday of this month, uh, you know, Jacob is in a big season of change right. with, you know, going to the Navy and we finally got some letters and mom and dad finally got their first call from him. And, uh, God is so good in what he's doing in Jacob's life right now mm-hmm. with him being able to be not only a leader, but put in a religious position in his, uh, his barracks and you know Mm -hmm. you're in a position of change trying to find you know that welding job and I'm going to school now for EMT and I'll be proposing to Destiny pretty soon so we're all in this season of change and we can relate to Moses in this season of change he Mm -hmm. was in but I think an important part of what we should hold on to what's going on to Moses's life related to ours is um, we can't be afraid to go to the mission field. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, even in season of change. And maybe that's what the change is. That's what the change for mom and dad was. Right. Their season that was in that was changing was sending them into a different mission field. Mm-hmm. And so as Christians, to build your legacy, I think in a very important part of your legacy is the missions you're going to go on mm-hmm. and, and the seasons that are going to change and what good you can do in whatever mission field you're in. Right. And I like how in verse 11, Moses is kind of questioning, like, who am I to go to Pharaoh? But if you look at Moses' backstory, it makes sense for it to be him. Yeah. Yeah. It makes so much sense for it to be him. And so 
in your life whenever you're questioning God, who am I to do that? When, honestly, you maybe need to take a step back and think, God already knows the big picture. Yeah. He already has a plan set in place. All you have to do is take that step. Yeah. It's not your place to question who am I because God, you should feel special for one because God chose you. Mm-hmm. He possibly could have chose someone else. Yeah. But he chose you. And so that's that right there is already a real humbling experience. Yeah. To think God chose me for such a big thing as this. So if I was in Moses' spot, I probably would have done the same thing. Like, you're you're choosing the wrong guy. Pharaoh doesn't like me. Yeah. I killed one of his guards. He wants to kill me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it makes so much sense for it to be Moses. Yeah. And so we're going to skip through... Um, in Exodus, and we're about to get to where Moses finally meets with Pharaoh for the first time. All right, let's read it. And so we're going to start in chapter 7. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you, and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. That right there spoke to me when I first was reading this. Mm -hmm. The fact that God said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. Even though all these things are about to happen, he will not listen to you. Yeah. And I think that was to test the persistence of Moses and his brother Aaron. Yeah. Because for those of you that don't know, um, Moses was, I don't know if he had a speech impediment, a stutter, or something, but he didn't feel comfortable being the one to actually talk. And so God sent his brother Aaron to be the one that goes and speaks. But yet God would still talk talk to Moses and then Moses would tell Aaron what to say. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why Aaron is the one to speak. But yet the fact that God was like, I'm a hardened Pharaoh's heart. And though these plagues are going to be, um, they're going to grow in, um, in length and um, kind of devastation, but yet, the Pharaoh's not going to listen. Yeah. And I think it's a, a something we can relate to in even our lives. You know, I was just talking about changing in seasons. And at some point in your life, you're going to have a season of, to that's going to put you into some type of mission field. Whether that's, and when I say mission field, I mean it can be as little as got, uh, sharing the gospel with a neighbor. Right. The person that lives right next to you. It can be as little as sharing the gospel with an unsaved family member or a friend. Right. Or it can still be as big as, you know, a little bit bigger as, like, we go to Mardi Gras every year as a church mm-hmm. and spread the gospel. And Or you can go even bigger and go on mi- actual mission trips to all over the world. Mm-hmm. No matter what your mission is, no matter how small or big it is, in God's eyes, every single one of those missions 
it's just as big as the other one because mm-hmm. the importance is what how persistent are you going to be in sharing the word of god and the gospel and you know maybe God is going to be doing the same thing that he did to Pharaoh to the people in your mission field. And maybe he's going to harden their hearts. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's going to make it to where they're not going to listen to you uh, at at first. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be a long time of them, you know, not not wanting to uh, reply to you or respond to you or engage with you as you're sharing the gospel maybe that's what's going to happen and it's super important to know that you know god is never just going to uh forsake us he he does not forsake us so in those times in the mission field when just because you don't get a response or Mm -hmm. you don't get the um the um even if you don't get the response that you want right that doesn't mean that God wasn't there in that place. Mm-hmm. All God is asking us to do is to plant a seed. Right. And I do believe that in the mission field that Moses was put on to continuously go to Pharaoh and tell him to free his people, mm-hmm. God was planting a seed and right. he was letting that seed get watered slowly but surely until Pharaoh was just done with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that reminds me of what Pastor John said um, during service. He was talking about how um, he went to a jail and how he had to sit there for a while. And then whenever he finally got to talk to the prisoners, it seemed like they didn't want to hear from him. And then he went to a hospital and it seemed like those people didn't want to hear from him. And then he went somewhere else and those people didn't want to see, didn't want to hear from him. And so when he got home, he just he felt so defeated. And but yet God said, "Well done, my faithful servant. You faithfully did what I asked." Mm-hmm. So maybe sometimes it's not God trying to use you to speak to other people. Maybe He's trying to speak to you mm-hmm. and test your faith to see if you're faithful to do what He asked you to do. And that's gonna be testimonies in your legacy. And it's going to be able to be a point where later on in your life, you'll be able to speak on those points. Because mm-hmm. when, when someone else has come up to you, they're, you know, man, I'm just so discouraged. I've been trying to share the word with my neighbor and they just, they don't listen. They don't reply. Right. They, they just completely turn away. And you can then share what's happened in your legacy, what's gone on in your life, a testimony of what has gone on to you personally of Mm -hmm. being able to say, you know, I've gone through that as well. And I want you to take a step back and look at your life and think, is maybe God just testing you? Right. Is God just allowing you to still plant a seed in your neighbor's heart? But at the same time, he's testing you to see how persistent you're going to be, how faithful you're going to be to him. And, you know, how, how, much of a good and faithful servant you're going to be to his, you know, overall plan. And it makes me think, you know, what what was going on in Moses' head? I wonder if after the, all this time of each time he got sent back from Moses and he Moses said, no, I'm not freeing these people, mm-hmm. and God sent plagues. I mean, you could only imagine how probably discouraged Moses was. I mean, 
I hope he didn't get discouraged because, you know, he is physically seeing God's plan at work. But at the same time, you know, he's still human and he's still flesh. And right. it would be hard to not think, you know, man, Moses is being sent back time and time again. And now he's watching all these plagues happen to these mm-hmm. people. And it's hard to think that he wouldn't be discouraged at some point. So I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, you know, if maybe you're going through that time right now, maybe you've gone through that time before, and maybe you're going to go through it sometime in the future. It's going to be hard not to get discouraged in whatever uh, mission field you're at, especially if you're not getting a reply you want or whatever it is. But just take a step back. Definitely take it to prayer and just reevaluate it. Maybe God is just working through you in some things, Mm -hmm. still allowing that seed to be planted in whatever mission field you're in. But he wants to see your persistence, your faithfulness, and and what kind of servant you're going to be. Right. And so now we're going to go into the first time Aaron and Moses meet with Pharaoh. And so in chapter 7, verse 8, says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, When Pharaoh says to you, Perform a miracle, then say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to uh, Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned wise men and sorcerers and the Egyptian magicians, and they did the same thing by their secret arts. Each one of them threw down its staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs, yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said. And so thus we get into the first plague, the plague of blood. And so Moses and Aaron find Pharaoh in his boat riding on the Nile. And they do just as the Lord said. And um, in verse 16, then the Lord then said to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has sent me to say to you, let my people go so that you may, they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now, you have not listened. This is what the Lord says. By this, um, by this, you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water in the Nile, and it will be changed to blood. The fish of the Nile will die, and the water will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink the water. And so Pharaoh called him on his bluff. He said, you know what? Do what you got to do. I'm not letting your people go. And so they took their staff, put it in the water, and the water became blood. And so that is the first plague, the plague of blood. And so seven days pass. um, Moses and Aaron go back to Pharaoh, and they tell him, um, This is what the Lord says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Verse 2, if you refuse to let them go, in chapter 8, I will send plague of frogs on your whole country. The Nile will teem with frogs, and they will come up into your palace and in your bedroom and onto your bed and to the houses of your officials and on the people and into your ovens and kneading. The frogs will come up on you and your people and all your officials. So. Second plague, 
they go up to Pharaoh, they go up to Pharaoh, say, let my people go. He says, no. And so the Lord sends frogs. And honestly, if I was Pharaoh, that's where I would have drawn the line. Cause I, yeah. hate, I hate frogs. Yeah. I can't stand frogs. They're slimy. They're nasty. And I don't like them. Yeah. And so that right there, I would have, I would have drew the line. But then again, we have to remember God has hardened God Pharaoh's hardened heart. heart. Yeah. And so here we go into the third plague uh, in verse 16. Then the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the ground. And throughout the land of Egypt, the dust will become gnats. They did this. And when Aaron stretched out his hand with the staff and struck the dust of the ground, gnats came on people and on animals. All the dust throughout the land of Egypt became gnats. But when the magicians tried to produce gnats with their secret arts, they could not. Since the gnats were on people and animals and everywhere, the magician said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen just as the Lord said. So here we go again. This, this right here is interesting to me because... Even though the Pharaoh, Pharaoh says no, and then he looks to his officials and magicians because um, every plague before this, the magicians were able to kind of um, manipulate it in their own way and be like, oh, we can do this too. Yeah. But this is the one where the magicians were like, we, we can't do this. Yeah. Like, this, this is this not is God's work. Yeah, exactly. But yet Pharaoh's heart was still hardened. He was like, I don't care. It's still a no. Yeah. And there again, we see this is only the third plague. And, and I mean, already all of this has happened. We're seeing frogs overtake the whole entire kingdom. Now we're seeing gnats overtake the whole entire kingdom. And Pharaoh's still saying no to right. al- allowing the Israelites to go. So plague number four. All right. Plague of flies in verse 20. Then the Lord says to Moses, get up early in the morning and confront Pharaoh as he goes to the river and say to him, this is what the Lord says. Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you do not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies to you and your officials on your people and into your houses. The house of Egyptians will be filled with flies even the ground will be covered with them. But on this, on that day, I will deal differently with the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarm of flies will be with my people, so that you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This sign will occur tomorrow. Yeah. And so the Lord, the Lord does as he says, right? Yeah. He sent swarms of flies. They swarmed. Everywhere an Egyptian was, but did not go didn't touch any of the Israelites where the Israelites were. And so that's amazing. I mean, and even think about it as from the perspective of the Egyptian people. You know, they weren't the Israelites. Of Mm -hmm. course, they're born from you know some other family tree of an Egyptian of. and all, everything like that. And they're living in the kingdom. They're not enslaved like mm-hmm. the Israelites are. But now they're getting swarmed with flies. And they didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. You can only think. And this is honestly something I've never thought of before. But 
Think about it from the perspective of the Egyptian people, those Egyptian families that are now getting swarmed with those gnats and the flies, uh-huh. and they haven't done any... They are just ancestors of right, Pharaoh. Right. They're just descendants. They're just descendants. And yes, they're not God's people, but I'm, I'm telling you what... If I'm an Egyptian and I'm walking around a place with flies swarming me and I'm looking at an Israelite over there and they ain't bothering him, I think twice about whatever my religion is or whatever I'm believing. Not just that, but if I was an Egyptian during that time and I see all this going on, but yet the Israelites aren't being messed with, I'd be going to someone and be like, hey, let them go. Like, come on. This You're, is affecting now I'm everybody, tortured. not just yeah, you. exactly, yeah. And this right here is still only the fourth plague, so let's keep going because right. there's and more so, to come. Here we go, the plague of the livestock. In chapter 9, here we go again. Then the Lord says to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says, let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them back, the land of the Lord will bring a terrible plague on your livestock in the field, on your horses, the donkeys, the camels, and on your cattle, the sheep and the goats. The Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and that of Egypt so that no animal that belongs to an Israelite will die. And so, all the livestock, any livestock owned by an Egyptian, dies and back then there was no you can just go to mcdonald's yeah livestock was was everything whatever you had is what you ate so if it died you didn't eat yeah and so now once again we're seeing god's faithfulness and love to his people the israelites by not killing uh the livestock that the israelites uh owned um or had in their pens but only the livestock mm-hmm. from the Egyptians and uh once again I mean it's just amazing to think that you know God's people were enslaved and and they were really struggling in Egypt but still we're seeing his provision and uh his faithfulness to his people yeah and so here we go the very next plague and um Chapter 9, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of ash from a furnace and have Moses toss it in the air in the presence of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the whole land of Egypt, and festering boils will break out on the people and the animals throughout the land. So they took ash from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh. Moses tossed it in the air, and boils broke out on the people and on the animals. The magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils that were on them and all, and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not listen, just as the Lord had said to Moses. And, I mean, we have gone through plague after plague after plague, and now we are having boils all over all of the Egyptian people, mm-hmm. even their animals. Everybody has these boils all over them now. And they're suffering. I mean, boils is not something... Boils are painful. Painful. I mean, you get them and it's just painful on you 24-7. Mm-hmm. And once again, 
God is protecting and is faithful over his people right. by keeping the boils off of them. So we're not done with these plagues yep. yet. Here we go. The plague Pharaoh's of hail. Heart, Pharaoh's heart is still very hardened. All right. So verse 13 in chapter 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, get up early in the morning, confront Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord God, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. Or this time I will send the full force of my plagues against you and against your officials. And, the, um, sorry. Verse 15, uh, so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. Verse 15, for by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague that could have wiped you off the earth. Yeah. The Lord was like, I can kill y'all, but I'm choosing not to. That right there would have intimidated me enough to be like, all right, y'all go. Yeah. All right, y'all, y'all got it. Go take your people. Get as far away from me as you can. I'm done. But yet, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he doesn't listen. Yeah. And so, hail falls from the heavens and just destroys all kinds of stuff. I mean, everything. It was a, uh, it was horrible. What what had happened, um, and it's, the testament. It's a testament to, uh, for us as as well. I think. I think uh, we should be checking ourselves right as well and see where our hearts are, mm-hmm. and ask ourselves: Is my heart hardened to, um, the Lord, and and I. I think that I I'm not saying God's going to you know send a plague to you mm-hmm. but you know if your heart is hardened towards the Lord and you're holding your sin captive in your heart right instead of giving it back to Jesus and accepting his free gift of salvation um I I think that of course life isn't going to be easy mm-hmm. so I think that's something we Definitely need to be careful about. Yeah, and so um, we're going to keep on going. In chapter 10, it's the plague of locusts where, um, same thing, go to Pharaoh, um, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials so that I may perform these signs of mine among them, that you may tell your children and your grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and how I have performed my signs among them and that you may know that I am Lord. And so, um, Moses and Aaron go and do as they're told. And so they go, and Pharaoh says no, so the Lord sends locusts to the land. And then in um, verse 21 is whenever the next plague is. And so in verse 21 it says, The Lord says to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the sky so that darkness spreads over Egypt. Darkness can be felt. That can be felt. So Moses stretches out his hand towards the sky, and total darkness covered all of Egypt for three days. Three days three of days. total darkness. And, I mean, back then, they didn't have no flashlights. and Yeah, if it wasn't like daylight, that. they had torches. That's about it. And... It says it was so dark that you can feel it. Yeah. Like, 
you, That's you a carry different a type torch. Of darkness. It's so dark that you carry a torch and you probably still can't see your hand in front of your face. Yeah. And so Pharaoh still says no and God does as he says. And the very last plague, the plague of the firstborn in chapter 11 says, now the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let let you go on from here. And when he does, he will drive you out completely. Tell the people that the men and women alike are to ask their neighbors for articles of silver and gold. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. So Moses went to Pharaoh. This is what the Lord says about midnight. I will go throughout Egypt. Every firstborn son in Egypt will die. The firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn of the female slave who is at her hand mill and all the firstborn of the cattle as well. There will be a loud wailing throughout Egypt, worse than there has ever been or ever will be again. But among the Israelites, not a dog will bark at any person or animal. Then you will know that the Lord makes the distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come to see me, bowing down before me, saying, Go, you and all the people who follow you. After that, I will leave. Then Moses Hot with anger, left Pharaoh. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in Egypt. Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go out of his country. And so, this is when we get to the Passover. And so, um... The Lord tells Moses, tell the people to take a lamb, kill it, and mark all the houses of an Israelite with the blood of the lamb. Over their doorpost. Over their doorpost. And the angel will pass over you and your firstborns will not die. Yeah. And so they go and they do that. And so this is... The night of Passover comes, and all of the firstborn that aren't marked by the blood are taken. And this right here shows the power of our Almighty God. But at the same time, it shows the, His faithfulness to His people and His love for His people. That He gave them an opportunity to, uh, to not be a part of that. Mm-hmm. The pa- uh, not be a part of the killing of their for- firstborn, and you know, we we read this, and you know, we have a million questions. Why did it have to come to this? Why did God do right, this? Right. Why did it, why why? But I mean, in simple terms, those Egyptians were so far off of God's track, so mm-hmm. far off of. Mm-hmm the basics of Christianity and, and loving God and who the true God was, that God really w- was ready to show Pharaoh his true almighty power mm-hmm. of, of being able to send an angel down to kill the firstborn. Um, and once again, his faithfulness to his people to pass over them 
It is mm-hmm. it's amazing. And so in Exodus chapter 12, verse 29, it says, At midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on the throne, to the firstborn of the prisoner, who was in the dungeon, and in the firstborn of all the livestock as well. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the Egyptians got up during the middle of the night, and there was a wild wailing in Egypt, for there was not a house without someone dead. And so in verse 31, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flock, all your herds, as you have said, and go and also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise they say we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapping it, wrapped in clothing. The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people and they gave them what they asked for so that they plundered so they plundered the Egyptians. Yeah. So finally here we see Pharaoh's heart has been softened because God has killed Pharaoh's firstborn son mm-hmm. and he's now seen how real it is. I mean, like Michael said a while ago, I would have saw how real it was with the frogs. Right. I mean, I don't want to mess with that, but now we're getting to a point where Pharaoh's first um, firstborn son has now been killed right. and Pharaoh telling him, get your stuff and get out of here. You're free. I don't want anything else to do with you. Just just get out. So I think this is a good spot to um, stop, and we'll do a Moses part three, yeah. a final part. We'll end it on and part three, and we'll, we're going to talk about what comes next with how the uh, Israelites leave and the wonders that we're about to see right. uh, with Moses and what God does with him and his legacy so next episode is going to be the final episode of the conversation of moses and his legacy and how it relates to us uh some key points from this uh episode is we all of course have a legacy and if your legacy is to uh to be based in christianity and in the Mm -hmm. faith that we have in god that it's important to know that there are seasons in life and in those seasons, in some point, you may get put into a mission field, whether no matter how big or small it is. Mm-hmm. And we have to be prepared to get knocked down, beat up, ignored. But as long as we're under God's will and doing what he says, at the end of the day, all we care, should care about is hearing God tell us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah, and then as well as... Don't question God whenever he calls you. Be willingly and humbly accepting of his um, plan. Just like Moses questioned God, who am I? Maybe God's telling you in your life right now to do something, and you're questioning God, like, who am I to do that? But maybe you need to stay Take a step back and try to look at the big picture and realize 
I should be honored that God is calling me to do this. Yeah, and always take it to prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. That's very important. It's always saying it's prayer. And with talking about prayer, that's going to conclude this episode. I'm going to close this out in prayer. So if y'all will, wherever you're at, bow your heads, close your eyes, unless you're driving, and pray <laughs> with us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, giving me and Michael this opportunity to do the podcast. And Father God, I ask that wherever these people are that listen, we ask that you give them ears to hear and mm-hmm. hearts to receive what you have, Father God. And that we can all learn together, all, all um, hear from you together about legacy talking about Moses's legacy and what we can do in our legacies, building a faith-based legacy. Um, and Father God, I ask that you just be with us, bless us, Father God, and keep your love and grace on us, Father God. We thank you. We, uh, we thank you for allowing us to do this podcast, and we thank you for everyone who's going to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And with that, this is the Legacy Podcast. I'm Michael Kidwell. I'm Austin Kidwell. Thank you for listening, and we ask that you like and subscribe on our YouTube. We now post on YouTube as well as Spotify. And with that, thank you for listening. See you in the final part of Moses.